Stand by for Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors with your host, Drew Kirby. Hey, this is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Denning. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis. Hey, it's Luke Bryan. I'm Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Munsick. Ah, uh, this is Craig Morgan. And you're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5. Hi there, it's Drew on Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Uh, we've had a schedule change. Our guest, Josh Kirk, had to uh, back out for this week because of a bison issue. He raises bison over in Lander, and he's on the Mountain Men Show on History Channel. He's got a lot of bison over there, and one of them came up uh, with an issue. So we'll get Josh on the show in the next couple of weeks. We do appreciate you tuning in. We've got lots to talk about today when it comes to measuring your fish uh, getting in on one of those great fishing tournaments and turkey seasons coming up. So prepare for that. And since Josh had to, to miss out this week, we're going to look back and talk to our old friend, Scotty McCreary. Stick around. Have a great day. Thank you so much for joining us. It's no secret that Wyoming is home to some of the greatest fishing and hunting in the world. Wow. It's colossal. It's stupendous. It's magnificent. It's Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors on My Country 95.5. Hooking and Hunting Outdoors on My Country 95.5. It's springtime in Wyoming, and if you're a hunter of turkeys, you're gearing up for what's happening over the next couple of weeks as turkey season is upon us. And let's bring in Game and Fish to make sure that everyone's clear about all the specifics of turkey hunting. Because sometimes, Janet, some people just, you know, lose their mind. They get so excited about hunting. That's right. And speaking of not acting the way they should, the turkeys in town are always quite the challenge as well. This is the time of year where they are just a pain in um, everybody's driving abilities. And, and so we do get a lot of interesting questions this time of year around turkeys. Yeah. And uh, we have Brian and, and Matt with us still. And Brian, I'm going to just straight out ask you this question. You're around 13th and Walcott in Casper. You're driving along and by God, there's a turkey or 60 sitting in someone's yard and it happens to be turkey season. Can I go ahead and take one of those turkeys? Uh, Drew, that's a great question, Drew, coming from you. Um, <laughs> uh, no, you cannot. Um, hunting in city limits is against the law. Um, certainly if you're in the county, make sure that your, you know, your housing subdivision allows you to discharge a firearm or actually use archery equipment before you do that, even in the county. But if you're inside city limits, you cannot hunt turkeys with a shotgun or um, archery equipment. So Brian, you and I have had this conversation before that the no hunting law in the city based on city ordinances, not so much the state. Yes. Yeah, so these are our city, um, you know, or laws or regulations that they have inside city limits. Now, the Game and Fish doesn't have those type of, we don't handle it, regulations for that. The city limits um, are going to have some different rules and regulations based on safety. I mean, if we just let people do that kind of stuff, it might kind of get out of hand. And even if my house is on the line of the county, I mean, I, I've gone, I've got the maps and everything. So my upper bedroom is looking right off into the distance of the county. Can I take a shot from my uh, bedroom? No, Drew, because where you're standing, you're actually in the city limits. Now, so you're actually doing the the unlawful thing in the city 
even though the the shotgun pellets are going to land in the county, it's where you're standing. So if you want to hunt the turkeys that are in your backyard that are, quote unquote, in the county, you need to be in the county, standing in the county in order, order to do that. It gets to be pretty exciting for Game and Fish during the opening of all these seasons. Uh, we also have Matt Hahn with us, and Matt's a turkey hunter and uh, takes the kids out hunting. Matt, what are some of the basics when it comes to the safety when you have kids involved or even first-time hunters that they should be aware of? With inexperienced people, anybody really, you know, firearm safety is going to be number one priority and should be on everybody's mind. Um, one thing I do when we're turkey hunting is we only have one gun uh, with us. Usually I've got a little 20-gauge single shot that, that the kids use for turkeys. And so we're hiking around. I'm usually carrying the gun empty. And uh, when we locate a bird, we set up on the bird. You know, I make sure whoever's up to be the shooter on that bird is right with me. And only once we're set up and the second kid is set up, you know, somewhere right behind us where we know where everybody is. Only then do we do we load up the gun and kind of get ready for the bird to come in. And Drew, I think it's important to note, too, that that what Matt is talking about is not on 13th and Walcott. It's a it's a different scenario. I know we all see these birds in town and they don't get out of our way and they're, you know, kind of chase us around and they seem like they just hang out. Um, that's not necessarily the case with wild birds. And so I, although the birds in town are wild, also they're accustomed to people. Obviously, a lot of the hunting ground in Wyoming is public hunting ground and there are other hunters that are, are out. So especially if you have kids involved, uh, what steps should you take if you're hunting on public ground? You know, you do need to be aware of other other people. Um, there's ways of minimizing it. You know, we, we tend to hike back in quite a ways from the road where there's not nearly as many people that are going to be hunting. Um, you know, another thing to keep in mind is you're you're not wearing hunter's orange because turkeys can see color really well. So everybody's camoed up and, and you know, it's it's important you know, they always say if you're camoed up turkey hunting, make sure you don't have any visible red um, on you because somebody could see a flash of red, you know, and mistake it for a turkey's head and take a shot at you or whatever. There's a lot of things, a lot of real common sense things you can do to, to stay safe and, and especially keep your kids safe and just remember to practice good firearm safety and just kind of use your head. It's always a good idea to enroll your kids into hunter safety which by going to the wgfd.wild.gov, you can find out about all the available hunter education courses. Have a great turkey season. Be safe. If you have any questions, reach out to Game and Fish. Janet, Brian, Matt, thank you guys so much. Wyoming, Wyoming, hooking and hunting outdoors. My country, 95.5. Thanks for coming back. And again, you can go uh, ask any questions that you would like to Game and Fish or to anyone that we have on this program by going into the radio station's app and click on the chat now button. And that'll allow you to uh, ask any questions that you have. And we had a question come in from a fellow named Bobby. And I think Bobby has really stirred the uh, the fishing hole with this one. And we're going to get it from a couple of different angles, right, Janet? Yeah, that's right, Drew. It's a, it's a really great question. And, and Bobby should be very proud of what he's asking because it is a question that lots of people probably have. And it is, how do you measure a fish? 
And this can come in handy for lots of different things. But we have Matt Hahn, the fish biologist, here to tell us exactly how to do a measurement of a fish. And we have Brian here who will tell us a little bit more about the law enforcement side of things and what they're looking for. All right, Brian, let's start with you. Someone catches a fish and it's not the correct size. Is there a leeway on this? It is up to the game warden's discretion. Um, so if you have a, if the length limit is you cannot have one over 16 inches, you could actually, if you got one that's 17 inches, it's pretty obvious that you're over. So it'll be up to the game warden. I guess the issuance of a, a warning or a citation will really depend on the, the situation in itself. And it is up to the warden's discretion on if he does either or or does nothing. Um, so it's one of those things where you should have the equipment in your tool, in your tackle box. You should have a tape measure or a ruler, um, already in place. Um, so you can actually measure your fish when you bring it to shore. And, you know, Mac and, you know, one of the main things is, uh, to talk about is also is making sure that you're not playing that fish out too much where it dies, you know, after you've been messing with it, measuring it and all that kind of stuff, because, you know, that's another issue also. Measuring a fish is extremely important, and and uh, Matt, I'll let you uh, kind of explain what's the easiest way to uh, measure the length of the fish if you have a, a slot limit or something like that. Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, quite a few fisheries around the state do have some sort of length restriction. Um, you know, a good example is walleye at Glendale Reservoir. There's a 15-inch minimum, meaning if you catch a fish under 15 inches, you have to release it. Um Another good example would be most rivers um, in the state where the trout limit is three and only one fish can exceed 16 inches. So in those case, in those times, you know, it's important to have a really good way to an accurate way to measure them. Um, and the by far the best tool you can have if you're fishing somewhere where there is a length uh, restriction in place is an actual fish measuring board. Um and, and the difference between a fish measuring board and, and say, just using a tape measure or having a mark on your fishing pole or whatever um, is that the fish measuring board has a, at the end of it where you put the fish's head, it has a vertical component to it. So you can push the fish right up until the nose touches the end of the board. And then in Wyoming, we use uh, what's called total length, which is where you pinch the tail down, you know, because fish have a little bit of a fork to their tail. So what you want to do is pinch the two, the top and the bottom of the tail together, and then you're measuring from the tip of the snout to the very end of the pinched tail. So as Brian was saying, measuring the fish can put the fish under a lot more stress. You've already put it under stress by catching it and the fight it's put up. Is there a point where uh, you need to call it off and just let the fish go? Or once it's to that point, should you really just suck it up and figure it out? Anytime you're handling fish, you're introducing stress into the situation. And and typically the warmer the water temperature is, uh, the more stress you're causing by handling the fish and so you can look at a fish and eyeball it and tell if it's close or not so you know if you're fishing glendo and you catch a 19 inch walleye there really shouldn't be any question in your mind if it's under 15 inches or not um you can measure it to double check but if you're trying to catch a fish or trying to keep a fish and you catch one that looks like it's kind of right around that 15 inch mark or something um 
the best thing to do is keep them in the water as long as possible. Have your measuring board somewhere handy in your boat or your tackle box, wherever you're keeping it, so you don't have to, you know, fumble around and look for it. And then, you know, get the fish out of the water, unhooked, measured. And if you have to release it, released as quickly as possible. You had mentioned, Matt, there were uh, different situations, different lengths, different sizes. If you're fishing the exact same type of fish, why would there be a difference in lengths that you can take at some places and not others? Well, a lot of it has to do with, you know, regulating the amount of harvest that's on a, on a fishery. So, for example, with the Glendo fishery, before the 15-inch the minimum length limit was implemented, you know, there's a lot of small fish being harvested. It's as a consequence, there's there's a lot of uh, desire to improve the size structure uh, of the fish that people are catching and harvesting out there. And so, in a really intensively harvested fishery like that, um, the only way you can do that is to restrict the harvest of uh, smaller fish. So it really is all about conservation, not just being like a pain in the butt. Yeah, 100. percent Yeah, we're we're not in the business of making regulations just to just to be a pain except for you drew we will continue to put restrictions on you that that are just a pain in the bum (laughs) just to be a pain in the butt all right fine fine well bobby i hope that answers your question if it doesn't if you need more you can always go to wgfd.yo.gov and go to the my country 95.5 app we have a video that will be on the Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors page from Game and Fish. That'll kind of give you the exact details of what we've just talked about. Guys, thank you so much. Hunting Outdoors, My Country 95.5. Thanks so much for coming back and joining us here on Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. I am Drew. I'm your host. Of course, our guest on the program every week to talk about nothing but outdoors and outdoor life, Wyoming Game and Fish Department and Brian Woodward from Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. And Brian, we're getting this fake spring, fake summer weather right now, but it's looking like in the next couple of weeks, spring will be here for a little longer stay and folks are getting their boats ready to go. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of people coming in and, uh, you know, upgrading their bow mounts, looking for some new fish finders, putting rod holders on their boats, and then, you know, just uh, making sure legalities, you know, you got to have your throw cushion, a fire extinguisher, and then all the uh, game and fish regulations with the AIS stickers and boat registrations and all that kind of stuff too now uh we talked earlier in the show with game and fish about measuring of of the fish and you guys have you know the measuring boards here in in the store and and utensils that can be used yeah we've got you know just like your general hog trough and then we've got some stickers that can be put on your boat and you know in, in a lot of cases it you know it doesn't really matter but when you get down to fishing like glendo reservoir there's a 15 inch minimum so on those walleyes so yeah pretty important to have uh, some type of measuring device on your boat yeah you definitely don't want to get caught out like that and especially that could ruin a day you know you're out having a good time you got your snacks you got your your fun excitement in the live well and sure enough (laughs) it's not what you need it to be Yeah, no, and the, the the fishing, you know, outside of this uh, little cold snap we just had, but uh, the fishing's really really starting to pick up pretty good, and water uh, temperatures are starting to, to come up. I think all of our reservoirs in the area are, are, are pretty much wide open, so we have uh, Pathfinder, Alcova, Glendo, Gray Rocks, um, all of those are uh, are open. So yeah, everybody's getting anxious. And because they're opening up, that means the tournament season is just about upon us. I mean, we're talking within the next week. 
Yeah, so uh, the North Platte Walleyes is one of the first tournaments, uh, at least in the area, and that's that's the uh, the annual uh, Tough Man tournament at Alcova, and that one uh, starts. I guess it's the weekend of the twenty third. Yeah, yeah, it's the twenty third. So yeah. Uh, well, of course, we were talking a little bit last week about some strategies or maybe how to start preparing for those tournaments. Uh, obviously, being able to get out in the boat and, and get your line in the water and get your, your rust knocked off is a good way. Uh, but what are some other ways that people need to start really looking into if they're going to do a lot of tournaments this year? What do they need to have secured on their boat? Well, just again, like, you know, the safety equipment's really important. And then, you know, with this cold weather, it's kind of nice to just, you know, grab those rods and reels and grab, you know, grab, grab a cleaning rod or a cloth and, you know, clean, clean everything down. Make sure your eyelets are free and clear. There's no abrasions on there that's going to, uh, tear up your fishing line and, and then just replacing those, that line. You know, we've got uh, bulk spools of, uh, fishing line and now's a good time to make sure that, you know, you don't have brittle, brittle line on that, uh, rod. And, so. you know, like you said, just changing it out once in a while. If you haven't done it for three or four years, you might as well just do it anyway. And you guys actually have the, the equipment here to, to help them out. Yeah, we've got a spooling machine. So, you know, if you don't want to do it yourself, you can uh, just bring that reel in and we'll spool it up for you. I think it's five cents a yard. So it's a pretty economical, and you're not wasting a half a spool. But uh, yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, I change my line out a couple times a year. So right, just like you know your tires, you want to make sure you got the proper uh, equipment. Well, you certainly you certainly don't want to lose a fish of a lifetime because you didn't spend five dollars on a new uh, new uh, line on your rods. So. Yeah, right. Uh, also, we've got a little turkey hunting that's going on around the area, and if you're uh, chasing the the thunder chickens, you could come in here and uh, and get in on some of the uh, blinds that are you guys have and. Yeah, we've got uh, the blinds, we've got some calls, we've got a few decoys, we've got, uh, you know, some of that new uh, TSS tungsten uh, shot shells and that kind of stuff. So uh, we can pretty much get uh, everything a guy needs to get him out in the field. You know, one thing uh, when we started doing this show, you, you wanted to make sure to mention was the fact that Rocky Mountain Discount Sports doesn't have anything to do with balls and bats. It's all <laughs> the outdoors and fishing and hunting and camping and hiking and, and if if you have wondered, you know, if you're going to get your baseball here, you're not, but you're going to get your fishing rod. Yeah, no ball sports, but uh, yeah, anything, anytime you're going to go outside, go to the lake, go to the mountain, any any of that type of stuff. Uh, and if you're just going to go to a ball game and you want a good quality camp chair, you know, uh, we, we've got it. We're in a big selection. And we're getting close to uh, full-on grilling season, too, and you guys got the uh, Traegers. And over the weekend, we were actually out at the, the walleye banquet, and, and uh, there were some nice-looking Traegers out there. Yeah, you know, and uh, uh, the really neat part was we we just got in the new uh, Traeger Timberline XL, and this is just the bad boy of grilling. I mean, it's uh, it's designed really to kind of be built can, can be built into an outdoor living space. But we're talking like it's got an induction uh, oven off the side. It's got stainless steel uh, racking, and just. Every bell and whistle you can think of. Uh, come in and see the full line of Traegers here uh, at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. And I know that we've had people sending in their fish for the catch and release uh, contest we've got going on. Yeah, we have. And um, there, I guess there's a little bit of a problem with p- posting directly to our page. So uh, just send uh, the picture through Messenger, and then I'll make sure that that uh, picture gets uploaded onto our page. Okay. Very simple, very easy. And, you know, go compare all your fish to the other fish that are being caught and released this spring. Thanks, Jude. 
between hooking and hunting outdoors on My Country 95.5. It's Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. I am your host, Drew Kirby. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, we were supposed to have a guest, Josh Kirk, from History Channel's Mountain Men. He's over in the Lander area, and he raises bison. Of course, you've seen that on the uh, Mountain Men show. Uh, he had an emergency, and we were not able to get hooked up with him this week, but we will get him on the show in the future. So we're going to look back on our very first guest on this program way back last year, Scotty McCreary, country music artist, American Idol winner. So without further ado, we look back with Scotty McCreary. Scotty, I got to tell you, I'm sorry that I haven't been following on Instagram. <laughs> Dude, it's it okay. I'm rarely on there anyway, so it's no worries. Hey, you got some new music coming out that uh, just a couple of months ago, I was talking to someone in your office and said it may be the best Scotty McCreary music that has ever hit the airwaves. Oh, my goodness. They're really uh, setting the bar <laughs> At the bar, I guess we got to try and make that happen. But uh, we're excited about it. It's we've had three years to work on it, and more time than ever, honestly, to pick up a guitar and write songs and stuff. So um, I, I've been listening to it for a while, just by myself in the truck and on planes and stuff. So I'm I'm just excited to share it with everybody. Listening to some of the songs that you already have out, you get very personal when you go into your songwriting. Yeah, I mean that's basically where i write all my songs from it's just personal experience and um it's what i know what i love what i feel you know it's I, i'm some people can pull stuff out of thin air and write an amazing song that you know that that's not me i gotta i gotta live it so you'll you'll find that a lot with with my stuff for sure when you're out cracking cold cans and casting the uh the line in the water uh, man there's nothing better than a good fishing day Oh, dude, absolutely, absolutely. We just got back from uh, Alaska as well, and boy, oh, boy, did we do that. We we fished all day and night because it's, it's light outside until, you know, 11, 12 o'clock. So um, caught ourselves some big king salmon, and, we, man, it was a trip of a lifetime. Now, have you ever been out here to Wyoming to uh, to do any fishing? I've been out to Wyoming. Normally, it's just for shows, though, and I, I love that area of the country. I mean, it's, you can't beat it. So, I'd love to get out there, hunt, fish, all that good stuff, and fly fish. I love to fly fish too. And it, to me, it's it, it's a little better just sitting on the dock bass fishing and stuff because you're actually like constantly in motion and constantly doing something. You know. Well, good news. We are one of the number one destinations for trout fishing in the world people love to come to casper wyoming to to do some uh some fishing and uh, we invite you to come on out and, and see us anytime you're in the area be there in a heartbeat to show me the honey holes well scotty man thank you so much and uh and we look forward to the same truck hitting shelves everywhere on the uh, the 17th of september and gonna be huge and we look for big things from scotty and fishing wise come out and see us hey I'll be there, man. Can't wait for y'all to hear the music, and we'll get some good fishing in here soon, man. Appreciate it. Scotty McCreary from our very first Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors show way back uh, last year. And Josh Kirk, our guest for this week, had to back out at the last minute because of a bison issue. He's a rancher that raises bison. You've seen him on Mountain Men TV show on History Channel. We will get uh, hooked up with... 
him on uh, an upcoming show, guaranteed. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you have any questions or suggestions or, you know, just want to offer up some comments, you can hit us up inside the radio station's app. Just chat with us. Have a nice